Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and on this episode, we're speaking with Jacob Schwinghammer and Jared Dobbs of Shway. Born from the DIY music community in East Vancouver, Shway are an indie funk unit that have developed a reputation within the city's underground as a high-energy and unpredictable live act. Drawing inspiration from genre greats like Parliament Funkadelic and the Ohio Players, along with contemporary acts like Wolfpack, Shway pull from hip-hop, R&B, and electropop to create a sound that's entirely their own. Shway dropped their sophomore record Shway 2 Cybersoul in May 2021, which sees the group take an exciting new musical direction through the incorporation of futuristic synths, electronic beats, and just the right amount of vocal effects. How's your, uh, how's your day going so far, guys? Pretty good. Yeah. We got a band meeting earlier. Yeah. How'd that go? Great. Cordial, I hope. Haven't talked to our manager in like a few weeks Mm. and lots to talk about, lots of exciting shows coming up. Hey, you okay if I play with my Bionicle? Oh, knock yourself out. <laughs> Dude, I Thanks. was playing Pokemon on the way over. Like, nice. <laughs> be a child forever. Um, so how did Shway get started, and who were some of the bands and artists that you wound up uh, bonding over? Uh, Jacob, you should answer this one. Uh, we, me and Isaiah played soccer together, and then we were like, want to play music? And then every like weekend, we'd jam at our friend Levi's house. Um... Then we got a show, and so we got a real band together, uh, just for this one show, to, to open for the Bank Dogs. Um, so that's oh, why we started. We were we were just a Bank Dogs project, basically. <laughs> um, the Bank Dogs were a rock group active in the Vancouver music scene from 2010 until 2014. Based on the band's now inactive Facebook page and the two music videos they put out, the band members were either still in or fresh out of high school, at least at the beginning of their run. In 2012, they opened for Nardwar and the Evaporators at the Safe Amp Space Camp, featuring keynote speaker Ian Mackay of Fugazi and Minor Threat. The Bank Dogs also played at least three shows with Shway back when they were called Funk Shway. If you're curious about their sound, you can find music videos to their songs Cast Away and Dance With Me on YouTube. Yeah. We, we played, like, rock back in the day. It was fun. And Isaiah was showing me a bunch of music. I was showing him a bunch of music. Um, definitely bonded over, like, D'Angelo. And who else? Who else do we like? So much. Just, like, music in high school. There's so many, like, random songs that we just jammed out to that were a part of our upbringing like yeah. yxx or xxyyxx too. oh yeah I remember that was that's the name of the artist i've been trying to remember that <laughs> i was having a conversation i couldn't remember XXY. you know that one song oh. <laughs> i love that song Yeah, I was gonna say that's a. I mean, I'm even forgetting that band name now. It's a hard band name to remember. <laughs> XXYYXX. Yeah. There's a, I, and I of course I can't remember the full name, and I can't even remember the abbreviated version. But there's some some metal band with like a 26 word long band name. That's so sick. Just to make uh, it impossible. <laughs> only the real fans can yeah. say our name. <laughs> so sick yeah just will willfully and wonderfully obnoxious for sure uh (laughs) i i mean speaking of uh speaking of band names i understand that the group used to be called uh funk shui um how else has the group evolved in sound and style over the years oh man yeah we used to do i mean i say we but i used to not be a part of the band and that i think was also a big difference that happened used to play a lot of like punk and rock and then it became more like funk punk and then like i think it became more like soul punk and at this point i think we're probably paying playing the closest to like pop rock soul 
<laughs> what do you think, Jacob? Is that we've, we've evolved a lot. I think, like, in our past, we've, like, it's hard to figure out, like, who you actually are. Mm. Like, yeah, it's, the band is, like, a self-discovery project, almost. Sure. I feel like. Well, when you make a band like, at such a young age like that, like, it, it yeah, has to become like that. And you, like, try and do so many things, and then you look back on them, and you're like, well, why the fuck did we try to do that? Like, <laughs> that's so not us. Why did we think this was cool? Is there anything specific but, you're referring to? I just like the music we were making. Yeah, seriously. It was like, like, I don't know, being young and, like, being excited by, like, Bruno Mars. We were like, oh, we play funk music, and then like Bruno Mars came out with like his funk album or something. It's like, oh, he did it. Yeah, he, he did what we wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, oh, funk. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it, the funk that we have. If I get deep about it, I think is way deeper than the funk that Bruno Mars has. You know, it's like yeah. It's something stinkier, and that's like that's what that's what I like in music is the stink. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I think we were like trying to be too like clean. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely probably the stinkiest we've been, and I'm really proud yeah. of that. That's probably the yeah the in the grand scheme of things, the stink. <laughs> it's just gotten stinkier and stinkier. <laughs> It's always good to have a good layer of grime on everything. Because, <laughs> like, yes. with, yeah. you bring up Bruno Mars in the, as an example, and, like, it's so polished what he does. It's good, but it's extremely polished. Like, it's just, like, completely airbrushed to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. also excruciating sometimes. That being said, I, I do have to say I'm more excited about the stuff he's been putting out with Anderson Pock more than I ever thought I'd be, but maybe that's just because I really like Anderson Pock. <laughs> yeah. It's like what happens when you like lean into the cleanliness, maybe. That's I really like it too. It's like it's it's remi- it reminds me of the old uh, old music, even though yeah. I'm too young. But to it's know. like my least favorite Anderson Pack music. Like True. I like the knowledge Anderson Pack. Yes. Yes. The no worries. Yeah. That's the best. That's peak stink. So stinky. I think it might be one of those things where it's like, you know, when I see Anderson Anderson and Bruno making music together, I'm like, oh, well, that's just perfect for both artists. And it's more like, oh, Anderson's lifting up Bruno a bit and, I guess maybe maybe giving him more credibility, but at the same time, like he's also one of the most popular pop artists on the planet right now. So like, yeah. what does that even matter to him? But does he need that? Yeah. yeah. Who's trying to convince me? Apparently, music critics and folks like, like me, I suppose. But uh. yeah. And Jerry, you had mentioned that. Um, you weren't part of the original lineup of the group and leads me to ask like, how long has this iteration of the band been together? And you know, how do you function together as a cohesive unit? Like what does each member bring to the group? Um, it's a, right now it's me, Jacob, Chris and Isaiah are like probably the main core. Um, we've got Atlee and Hadass are our like newest like additions. And we've probably been doing this, this type of method, just like for this last album, probably is the is the, is the amount of time it's gone. Yeah, since like my, yeah, since like winter, like twenty spring twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 twenty twenty. Yeah. 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 I think winter it's my favorite iteration of Shui. Fall twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy right now. Yeah. Because, like um, said, with the self-realization. We all just, like, talk about things at this point and, like, yeah. figure out what we want to do. And there's not not usually big disagreements about things. And if there is, it's, like, not, it's not the, it's not the worst. We can figure it out. We know we're not just going to, like, hide it and have it yeah. blow up in our faces or something like that. Must or be. Matured. 
I was going to say it must be a little tricky sometimes to coordinate the schedules of six different people sometimes, though. <laughs> yeah. We're all kind of like bums. We don't really do much else. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. We all you you got to say this. You got to say we have so much passion for. We have so much passion. Band, you know, the. It's it's easier than other projects that like have have been this many people. I think, like I was making a movie just as recently, and like that was really hard to get everybody down on because you know, when there's no like uh, when there's no like proper incentive for some for for strangers to work together other than passion, mm-hmm. it gets really hard. yeah yeah like Atlee, our guitar player, like yes he wants to play with us because he like likes the band and like uh yeah likes being a part of it um i was gonna say something it's like it's easier to like join a an established band because we're kind of like established already and so yeah like chris and atley hopped on because they already liked what we were doing yeah. What has uh, you know Chris and Atlee specifically added to the group that was perhaps missing from earlier versions of Shway? Oh, that's a good question. Chris, uh, Chris is like one of the greatest drummers I've ever heard, and you know to be inspired like that, and like to be able to work with somebody like Chris who's got like this, he's got this purity you know, and this, and this pure passion for drumming and to the point where like, you know, I'm, me and my brother have always been the type of people to pee, like, to be like walking around and like doing a little beatboxing or singing or something. And it's like, not really something that I'll notice I'm doing, but then like, I'm just going to be singing a little mel- melody. And the next thing I know, Chris is like beatboxing inside and I didn't even realize it, but we're making a song now. And then everybody's like in the car or something or in the room is just like starting to make this song. And like, I love that. And to be able to have that like on the fly inspiration is great. And I love Ali as a guitarist because he has so much like so much passion for the knowledge and the learning of the music. And like he looks to my brother and Jacob as like these really as these like musical geniuses of something that he never learned because he went to music school uh, for jazz theory and stuff. And you know, it's all very good information, but there's a lot of stuff that Jacob and Isaiah know that, like, they don't teach you. And he is, like, this great student in, like, from my eyes often, where he's just, like, absorbing, and he's so good at it, and then he just comes up with the craziest stuff, and he's got this perfect mindset to just, like, flip everything that I think on its head, and then, like, throw jazz at it. And it's it's perfect for music making. Boom. Nice. And how would you describe the DIY music scene in East Vancouver? And what was your experience like honing your craft in that community? It's a weird scene. Like small and there's little different little pockets and they're like, everybody kind of hangs out with their own friends, which is fine. It's good. I don't really know. It's all I know. Yeah, true. I liked it. It's like, it was really great for us, I think. Um, and I hope that we can support other bands and make it great for other bands. Um, yeah. Young people that want to play music and like have a yeah. good experience with shows. Um, yeah, the music scene like needs some support for sure now. That's definitely how it seems to me too. It's definitely like an environment right now where like, you know, back when like Shui was starting, it's kind of similar where it's like, it's like there, there needs to be support for the, for the youth, like what Jacob's saying, for the young, for the next generation of artists. I would love, I would love if I was growing up and I knew that there was like a, a, a production team, like a, like a film production yeah. team that was already established, already making films and already making art that I could have joined or, or like, a set of bands like Shway that are already going, already setting a bar so that the next team that comes up can just like raise it, you know? And 
I feel yeah. like Vancouver seems like it's still young for some reason in yeah. that aspect. Yeah, it seemed like the scenes that like were established when we were young were like were like growing old with themselves. Like they had like their group of people, and then yeah. the whole scene was just like aging and not really inviting new people into it. Yes. They were like, "We're established, and we, you know, we're like the authority." Yeah, and which for is young funny. artists, like, that's like, die. That's, like, like not helpful. Music stops. It's not helpful because like. We're like, oh, so it's impossible for us to break into your scene. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have to make our own. And it's like, that yeah. can't be the way that it goes every 10 years. Like, we can't just keep making a new scene. It's, you know, we have to support the next group so that we can make something amazing. And it's, it's like, yeah. really, I haven't, there's so much talent in Vancouver, but you never, you don't know about, like, the famous indigenous talent from Vancouver, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't get big enough, you know, just because there's not a supporter. Yeah, instead of older scenes, like, being afraid of young talent. Yes, yes. They need to support it, for sure. Really afraid of it, yeah. That's I want to play mean. shows with, like, I don't know, anybody, no matter what style of music. Just to support, because it's Vancouver art, that's the basic, like, that's the most important. Yeah, if they're true artists. <laughs> not those pretenders yeah. I, I was going to say I 100% agree and uh, kind of on that do you have any thoughts in terms of like what can be done to I guess course correct or help I guess in this case rebuild that infrastructure because I know un unfortunately that the venues that have been forced to close permanently have mostly been the you know, small DIY venues for those small up and coming bands. Thankfully, I mean, I'm obviously glad that most venues haven't had to close, but the ones that weathered the storm are the mid-sized venues that largely just have touring bands come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think they're, it's, it's about the venues. The yeah. venues are like a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Having those little venues that people can just like, throw smaller shows at to get something going see what works experiment have fun party yeah it's so important it's so important supporting the small venues supporting James the small bands in whatever way you can because like when you're on that local support you know if everybody's supporting local then it's gonna happen it's gonna get big enough to to, to be able to support their own venue or you know, to be able to do like a weekly night would be amazing. Just, mm. just, just some, just some good old fashioned monetary support <laughs> just to young people. Yeah. I, I wonder if that really comes down to having like just a space that is, you know, legitimate and consistently available that's able to throw all ages nights for that yeah. is just there for smaller bands to play. I mean, is there anything yeah. else? Is that the key thing or is there, is there other stuff that can be, can be done? Because, you know, obviously not to, not to toot this show's horn, but like the, the purpose of this show is really to, you know, uh, showcase artists in the city on a, a platform that is readily accessible to people yeah. on a platform that people really enjoy, you know, podcasts. Oh. So, that's perfect. And like, I, in my mind, it's like the more content, the more art that can be made about Vancouver and the more art that can be made by Vancouver, the better. And the more support that's shown and the more venues that there are, it's like, it's just, it's just more inspiration for those kids who are like, just thinking about it. You know, it's, it's, it's so important that they try it and that they finish what this what they're wanting to do so that they mm -hmm. can be known for its art and it's not it's not known for that yet but i know that vancouver has like some of the some of the most beautiful art on, ever because this place is so beautiful it's like it has to it has to be true you know yeah putting on a show like putting together a set of music or like putting together something that you present to people 
as like a young person and like doing it successfully that's so like mind-blowing to do because you're yeah. like oh shit like i did that i can do anything <laughs> you got you got some effect on this world yeah yeah and to have like these things like pacific sound radio where like people young people can look and see like oh there's like an established popular goal you know for me to look at and like there's an established infrastructure that's all that needs to exist is just something mm -hmm. established because it sucks but right now we have to build it right now we have to build it so that you know the next generation doesn't have to build it we weren't given that you know that infrastructure to work with yeah and i'm sure there's lots of cool stuff that i'm completely unaware of also facts facts <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of really great collectives and like they yeah. i just want to see them get off the ground you know just get yeah. to the point where they've got enough funding consistently that they can just like throw the shows and obviously that's got to happen mm -hmm. there might be a golden opportunity here for um i guess a rebuilding process in terms of totally. um yeah, and just trying to think of, you know, whether that involves, you know, connecting with municipal government or, or folks like that to, to you know, inject funding into, uh, into smaller, into DIY venues and stuff like that to have them remain viable and accessible, for example. Um, yeah. But I think there might be an opportunity here, so I'm, uh, I want to see, I want to see where where that can go and what can be what can be done because obviously, you know, this is, you know, we're at this point right now where, uh, you know, everyone's ch champing at the bit to get back to going to shows and seeing shows. And I'm kind of thinking, especially with there being a little bit of a delay between, uh, American and international artists coming back to Canada that, you know, mm -hmm. it, <laughs> let's, let's try and like capitalize on this before, uh, we get distracted again by everything else. As much as I'm looking forward to being distracted again by everything else, of course. Tons of American bands I love that I want to see again. Yeah, yeah, it's really true. I know. Um, I know that there's like there's James House shows who runs the Avant Garden, and I really love like, and he's also got I think another venue now or a couple, and I really love like pretty much every venue that he has a hand in usually because he seems to have a magic touch of finding a small venue where people can throw cheap shows and have these really like pop-up style shows but I'd, lo I'd love to see just more people like him or just more people out there working with the buildings working and getting those those venues because i am not the type of person to do that <laughs> yeah right like and there's so many rules and regulations yep. like yeah. liquor laws and yeah noise and uh, the yeah. city doesn't make it easy does not they yeah. do not yeah. make it easy <laughs> I, I looked at uh, getting like a permit for an event and the first chapter of their permit thing is called so fun city which is of course <laughs> a play on the what Vancouver is popularly called no fun city oh my god <laughs> oh dear they know they they're know. in denial yeah <laughs> wow, that that just sounds like a golden opportunity for a for a sarcastic t-shirt so fun city asterisk <laughs> so fun city <laughs> chapter so one <laughs> yeah big asterisks <laughs> speaking about you know just the dynamics of the vancouver music scene from i guess in an outsider's perspective, but on a surface level, it feels like the city is dominated by, you know, rock and folk, folk and hip hop groups and funk seems to be less common. Um, has this scarcity of contemporaries like been to your advantage? Do you feel that being a funk band in the city helps you stand out more? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah like a hundred percent. I think a big part of it is too is like it's the stink again because other folk, other funk bands that do funk and like they every time I hear like oh so we're a Vancouver band and we do you know funk soul music it's like gonna be like the 12 bar blues with the saxophone and you know 
it's going to be quite clean, and they're going to be looking for something quite clean. And Shway just, you know, we've got that our own style of songwriting and our own way of performance where, you know, we just kind of put it all on the table. We just flop mm-hmm. ourselves down and start just wagging our bodies like a fish and just people love it. And, you know, no, cause, just because they've never seen it before, you know? I'm sure, you know, if we went somewhere else, they might they might uh, not react the same, but I don't yeah. know where there's like there's five alum from funk. Oh, they're they're like oh, yeah, big of funk band for Vancouver. There's like the Boom Booms. They're tight. Um, yeah, definitely like checked them out when I was younger. I was like, oh, this is really cool, and they're like successful. They play like big shows and mm-hmm. tours and stuff, and they're from here. But you guys True. got the grind. Yeah. You got the stink. It's different. That's stink. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth, man. Yeah. And uh, it, on that, I mean, the the band wound up moving to Montreal and then later returned to Vancouver. Uh, yeah. What <clears throat> was you know the response like on the East Coast? What was your experience like on the East Coast? And ultimately, what brought you back to Van City? It was so fun in Montreal. Yeah, my show was great. We yeah. we got a good response. Um, yeah. My experience is that like, there's two kinds of shows in Montreal. There's like the the party shows uh, that are just like um, the music's like a little bit on like the basic side, and everybody's just there to party. And those audiences are great, but the music right. is okay. Is only okay. And then there's like the indie scene, which is like everybody's way too cool to dance. Um, <laughs> but you make them dance. Um, yeah, but Damn like Montreal, the best Montreal bands are like they com- manage to be really cool and also really dancey. Like I don't go. know, like Arcade Fire and yeah, other bands that Ben can name. <laughs> um, but that was like. Uh, our thing in Montreal is like, oh, we made the, the indie kids dance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the cool kids. We uh, we came back, or me and my brother came back because of the pandemic, and yeah. we were just like, if the apocalypse really does hit, and the world crumbles, we should be with our parents. Um, and it was that was like the base, the most base. It was like a it was like a decision that was made in a day, and then we moved out in two weeks and it was really intense and like you know i had to leave all this stuff i thought i was going to be there for so long because mm-hmm. i loved it i loved it there and it was a great place for self-reflection um now that i'm back in vancouver it's like you know it still feels like the world is crumbling so i don't know if i'm going to go back to montreal uh anytime soon uh but it was really really helpful it's a great it was a great place for me to like feel like i could think for myself and do things for myself because of how yeah. affordable it is and yeah it was like a personal trip more than a band trip you know we like got away from our hometown yeah and so it was it was pretty personal for all of us i think rather than being a big like we're gonna try and make it in montreal we were kind of just chilling and like figuring yeah, we weren't working out. that hard we were not yeah, working we were hard. not grinding <laughs> at all when we were there <laughs> And which is so fine. Yeah, we had a. I had a great time. It was. It was so helpful for me. For like, yeah. a, for like a person who's just out of high school, and you know, you don't know if everything that I've. I don't know if everything I've done in Vancouver has like any effect on the rest of the world. And then I go to Montreal. I realize it's really true. It's not an effect. And you know, dealing with that, learning why that's good, like learning yeah. why that's great for me, and. Understanding you know, the true reason that I make art—it's uh, great. I was gonna say, like, I'm sure that you made enough connections, though, that you'll probably have some opportunities to play some shows more easily in Montreal than you would otherwise. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. True. The Diving Bell—they're the best. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we know the venue in the city. I love that city. It's so great. It is a great city. Yeah, I've heard Montreal is... Uh, yeah, I haven't had... I visited Toronto, but I haven't had a chance to visit Montreal yet. I've heard Montreal is... Uh, it, it's smaller, and it's just easier to navigate in that for that reason. Because like, when I visited Toronto, I was like, oh, shit, this is the New York of Canada. It's just huge. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. King Street and Queen Street... Oh, they just go stretch forever. It's nuts. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh. I went to we went to Toronto. We didn't even see Drake. <laughs> just, <laughs> Which is ridiculous. We really should have seen Drake. She'd just be walking yeah. the streets all day. Yeah. <laughs> just doing a circuit. It's like, oh, here's the Drake walk. Catch Drake in his natural <laughs> habitat. Drake, get off the CN Tower. We've told you it's dangerous. <laughs> Come on, Drake. <laughs> um, funk, of course, is a style of music is all about getting people moving. How does the band channel this ethos in your live show? Oh, it's fun. It's different we, just, every time. we have to move first. Oftentimes, yeah. One time we got on stage um, and lifted our sh- uh, we, we lifted up um, we, we took our shoes off and lifted our shoes up. And we did. We were like, "These are not good shoes." And everyone's like, "What? What is? What are those shoes?" So then we put the shoes down, picked up these bags that were like these nice Adidas bags. And everyone's like, "What's in the bags?" Open up the bag, pull out nice shoes. And then we're like, "These are good shoes." And everyone's like, "I guess those are the good shoes." And then we put those on, and then we start playing music. And that was one of the greatest openings, I think, to to one of our sets. People loved it. Gimmicks. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you say gimmicks gimmicks we have great gimmicks but we also yell really loud i think that helps too yeah you have to get the bass frequencies sounding just right to make the people dance where are you jacob <laughs> so totally translate well on a podcast but it just looks like jacob's wandering around his apartment <laughs> Trying on different hats. My hair was looking stupid. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do I eat the counter chip? Oh my god. I mean, oh, was know. it dropped? Was it dropped on the floor? Is that why it's there? Was it forgotten about? It's right next to the bag. It looks clean. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not a floor chip, so you're more safe with the counter chip than the floor chip. For sure. <laughs> at the queen sink too so you know i can't fault you i uh forget what the question was oh it was just like how do you how do you get people moving like what's the uh, oh yeah yeah what's the key it's element every time. Hmm. i think i think we definitely avoid as much as we can to actually say like get your ass off the wall you know and like it seems to be that like the the, the more that we just kind of focus on ourselves and like really create that that music that we love, it's like, it it seems to work best when that's happening. And it works yeah. less when we're like trying our hardest to make the people move. It's all about being present and hearing what you're playing, listening to your yeah. fellow bandmates. Yeah. It sounds simple though, the but sound like, it does not happen. That yeah, much. we're really like reacting to everything, like reacting to the audience, reacting to the sound that night reacting to how you know our drummer's feeling yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all matters because if and i'm trying to like force something that's not happening then it's gonna suck finding the peace in the chaos yeah the the frequencies that can align with the other frequencies I get what you mean, though. Yeah. It's uh, you want to create an environment for the audience where they can't resist themselves. They're in a position where, like, they they can't do anything but not dance. Like, yeah, this, pretty much. It's like this magnetic pull. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, just, yeah. It's it's about the environment, not about like that. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm on stage and I resist anything that doesn't make me feel like completely free in the moment. And then yeah. I think that like translates and like the audience like also 
also can feel free in the moment to shake their booties. <laughs> I mean, which I imagine is no easy task for you considering you're behind a keyboard most of the night. <laughs> I have so many buttons and like sounds and yeah, I have the easiest job. Isaiah's just got like a bass. What is he supposed to do? He does a lot with just a bass. Oh, playing his with just bass. That is place. You can a run lot. around with a bass. Isaiah's one of the greatest bassists. Oh yeah. He he's the greatest bass player of all time. That's what I think too. Yeah. I've been trying to find somebody better than Isaiah in all of history, and it's hard. <laughs> better than Thundercat, eh? Man, that's a, that's actually a debatable. That's debatable. Right. Thundercat's really good. I, I really hope there's some opportunity where Isaiah and Thundercat can have a have a duel. <sighs> That'd be awesome. That'd be the most hype promo video for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then Isaiah would go like, that's exactly what happened. I've watched that like a hundred times in a row. Isaiah would go like, bow. <laughs> Hell yeah. He'd make one word. He would make one note word. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. So I've had a actually I've had a chance of uh, seeing you guys perform a number of times. In fact, one of the last local shows I got to see before the pandemic hit was uh, Shway headlining uh, Biltmore Ballroom. Um, you know, how 22nd. Did, yeah. Yeah. To, oh, crazy how close that. Well, then like Thundercat was a week later for me. And then then things got bad. <laughs> then, yes. then, then the Curb Your Enthusiasm music just started blaring. <laughs> Nonstop. <laughs> um, but, you know, I got to ask, like, how did you go about developing all the elements that make up your onstage presentation, considering just like, you know, I, from what I've seen, it's so coordinated and like elaborate and just like you guys are all locked in, which is really impressive. Mm. You know, I honestly, I probably attribute that to my brother again, because like, my, like, no, like in, in practices since like the beginning of Shway, I think like my brother and Jacob have like this idea of like keeping it locked in exactly. And like, but it's like about focusing on which parts that need to be locked in and like making sure that when, when practice is going on, like, and we're maybe teaching like Chris how to do this part or Atlee how to do this part. It's like, they might ignore like, like 13 pieces that like I thought would be important, but then like really hammer in this one thing and make sure that one thing that when the show happens, they're definitely hitting that spot. And like, I think that's like the, the biggest thing is like once you've got those key moments that you can kind of work the whole band around and mm -hmm. kind of everybody locks in, hits that thing. And then we all release and then make sure that we're just following the tempo. And then we come in, get that spot. And like, as long as we can walk in and get those spots, it seems like it seems like we never even planned it, and it, it works out really well. That was a great explanation. Thank yeah, you. we I like about that before. There's like really specific moments, and I think it's like what we decide matters in the end. Yes. Um, what are the important moments? Yeah. What would you say has been your most memorable show to date? You know, I mean, it's not like probably, it's probably not my favorite show, Memorable. but we played the Calgary Stampede and like that, <laughs> that was so, that was so big. It was like really, it was like the most nervous I've ever been before a show. We were opening for Mariana's Trench. So it was like a very large audience um, and like none of them knew us. And we just had to kind of convince like a, like, I don't know, like 4,000 people that <laughs> it was worth watching us. And, it, and we didn't even play that well. Like, it wasn't even, like, my favorite performance that we've got. But I'll never forget that. Like, that was a crazy thing. And then afterwards, we, like, were running through Calgary and, like, feeling just, like, so released. Because after you play a show like that, it's just like, oh, we did it. Oh, <laughs> we finally got over with it, you know? Oh. 
I liked I liked um Persephone. Oh my god, that was such like a good the time. The first or well, second total Persephone show. Yeah. When we played in like the back of the truck. That was yes. on hay bales. That was like first era Shway peak. I, f- I like figured out how to play synths and like played some like synth bass and yeah. stuff. That was very memorable for me. The band was very tight. Persephone Brewery is where it was. It was on the yeah, and like Gibson's. Sunshine Coast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shouts out to Mieko. Yes. I was gonna say because uh, Pacific Sound Radio used to host uh, shows in the in a Persephone tasting room called the Snug, which is no longer around, but. From August 2018 to April 2019, Pacific Sound Radio hosted the Snug Concert Series in the Persephone Snug Tasting Room. You can check out performances from Haley Blaze, Sleepy Gonzalez, Blue Jay, and more on our Pacific Sound Media YouTube channel. Yeah, but I heard the brewery was on the island, so that's that's really rad. I've only ever had a chance to play, like, two shows on the island on, like, the same weekend. A lot of cool places yeah. to play there. It's just the yeah. bloody fairy fees being so prohibitive so yeah well this one gibson's just sunshine coast oh okay but yeah still have to take a ferry there yeah yeah i remember we had that show we had like this awesome setup where i think i we did like the funkadelic thing where i was like nostradamus or whatever and they like and isaiah was like funk or something and like what was it jacob like when was this? I don't know. This was at the what Persephone you... show. You, he was oh. And you were playing. Oh, yeah. You were. You did the Funkadelic thing. You were Sir No Funk or whatever. Yeah. Sir No. I, I hated the funk. Yeah. And we had like, to convince Jared to dance. That's yeah. one way to get people moving. It's awesome. So I'm on stage, like, saying, like, no, this is not funky enough. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, it gets to the one part of the song, and I'm like, oh, shit. I can't stop myself. Yeah. The groove is too much. <laughs> I, I have another favorite show, though. It was uh, winter, like like Christmas 2019 at the Avant Garden. Uh, Love Supreme. Just Jera, Isaiah, Chris, and me. It was nuts. It was like, we, we didn't even play like a single Shui song, maybe one. We just like improvised. I had like a vocoder. Nice. That's probably uh, my favorite show. That's that favorite. was the best show. Yeah. yeah. That's the most memorable. Yeah. The Real most, it like was the seed for our new album, pretty much. That one show. I was having a manic episode. It was awesome. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a, a perfect transition because I was going to say, speaking of uh, the new album. Uh, your new record, Shway 2, Cybersoul, stands out from your previous releases in a number of ways. Uh, what led the band to take this new direction with your sound? Yeah, like shows like that one where we we just managed to connect on this like on this like musical level where like something happens when you're making this like ether music where like you don't know if it's ever gonna be remembered, you don't know if it's being recorded. It's mm-hmm. just for everybody in the room. And something special happens when that music that's so temporary is like some of the most beautiful stuff and like some of the most like just like deepest art. And like you don't know if you're ever going to hear it again. And like that's just like, that's just like, I don't know, brought a lot forward. And I think when we're like making, when we were making Cyber Soul, we were trying to like, I think, get to that place as much as we could and like trying to put like songs on there that were like closest to that feeling. Like Sweat is one of my favorite songs that we've made. I love that song. It's just ridiculous. There's no form. It's so fun. It sounds a lot like, I think it's one of the songs that we've made that sounds closest to like how it is when we play live. When you, when, especially with that song, when it gets into that, like that deep bass hook, that boo doo 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 doo, I'm just like, oh, it just gets so much more hype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we really, we were rehearsing that yesterday 
and we realized that that recording is the moment that that bass line was created. Like, we were just jamming. Oh, wow. And, and that, that moment in the recording was like, oh, that's like the actual moment that we came up with that bass line. Damn. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Because yeah. you can kind of down. hear it being like figured out on the keyboard. But it's like going into it, it's like I, there's like this little synth line. Um, <laughs> Drop the octave, like, oh, this is gonna be a cool baseline. Drop the octave. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> New part of the song invented. Yeah. There's a classical music piano concert happening outside my house in the park. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Right now. That. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's really cute. Good vibes. <laughs> as long as they're playing like, you know, stuff people want to hear. It's just like, oh, we're avant-garde classical. <laughs> <laughs> Free jazz enters the chat. God. <laughs> I was thinking about that because like, I don't know, I've been on a bit of a Frank Zappa kick recently. And obviously he made tons of classical music, but it's like, it's not Mozart. It's not your grandma's classical music. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I read your debut album was a six-year work in progress, more or less. But what was it like writing and recording and releasing your It was different because we had the experience of the first one. So, yeah, yeah we kind of had that to, like, draw on for, like, what mixing and mastering was going to be like. Um, but we had to like they were fresh songs so we had to like figure out what the songs actually were and what they were meant to be a couple of the songs were written like in like in the past few years similar to the first album Mm -hmm. um but they would never been performed live or anything so they were they were really fresh yeah they hadn't been like peer-reviewed in concerts for years and years like the first album yeah because like those the first album songs like they didn't exist in that form until like like they'd gone through so many revisions that was like Shaquilla 5.0 or something <laughs> so yeah this song is version one of all of the songs yeah exactly the beta in a way did this that... album is beta testing these songs <laughs> In, in a way, did that change your approach to songwriting for the record, considering you couldn't, you know, road test anything? Um, I mean, Isaiah writes most of the songs. So. Yeah. But uh, I think, like, for some of the things that I wrote, like, I I have a good imagination of, like, things that will work live. I think. You got to get experience, Jacob. Yeah, I remember. I remember recording um, like vocals for this album a lot more than I record, remember recording vocals for the last album. I think I'm only on the last album like a little bit, but mm-hmm. I remember it, the it, last one. It was like it was kind of like a lot of segmented, like where it's like kind of record these vocals today in the studio, and then the next time we're gonna re-record them, but it's at Jacob's place. Then the next time it's for a different song, and this time it's at a different place, and it's like mm-hmm. we don't really—I don't really know like where these things are going or how they're going to be used. But like this time, it was like I felt like it made—it was like very consistent. And if we did do something that was a little bit more out of out of out of pocket, it would be like me and my brother standing next to each other with the mics, and we're like literally trying to record us live, where we're like jumping around and we try to do like a full take of the full song, and like. That, that that was used in the end and then you know that makes a lot of sense and that's like a lot of fun and I think that was like a key part of this album is like it was a lot of fun to make this the second album compared to the first one I think but I mean I wasn't mm-hmm. as involved in the first one so I don't really know that well yeah what uh, bands and artists served as a source of inspiration for the LP uh, the first time I listened to it I immediately thought of Daft Punk for example oh yeah we love Daft Punk. Um, I love uh, Cartier God. 
Um, I love knowledge, of course. Um, oh, Lil Nas X is like, I think a great example of somebody who's like bringing cyber very casually to pop. And that's like definitely what the cyber soul is about. It's about bringing, you know, because this is a, this is a world that's very cyber and it's, there's no point in denying it. And there's no point in romanticizing it either, you know, where it's like, where like, you know, the cyber of it all is something that's so, you know, amazing, but something that's more just like kind of a regular thing where we can kind of just build like a, a love story around it or like a dance song around it and make it very just like grounded somehow. Can I cyber sail away with you? Mm. I don't know. Well, you bring something up, of course, that the the songs on Shway Two make reference to podcasts and playlists and NPCs or non-player characters. How how would you say the record explores the influence and prevalence that technology has on our daily lives? It definitely doesn't do any like anything deep. <laughs> uh, you know, as Shway, I think is really good at because when you're you know, walking through the world and everything you see is tragic. Everything you see is deep. And, you know, cyber can mean such a dystopian world, you know, it can mean so threatening and like, it can be so like, uh, consuming the, you know, there's like a war on your brain and everything, but it's like, there's also the perspective that like, this is just, this is just an unavoidable reality. And there's a lot of pure gold that occurs in a cyber world. And, you know, I think that that's, that's, that's like, that's probably the deepest thing that it tries to talk about is like, yeah, a lot of it's kind of just like escapism in a way. Very much so. Which, which I guess very in a way so. is really like, that is uh, one of the, one of the advantages that technology does offer is, uh, you know, it, it's almost like we found the cure to boredom. <laughs> It's called yeah. a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know that can be really scary. So mm-hmm. it's good to be like, it's so good to scary. be like. Here's an example of cyber being love, and here's an example of cyber being dancing, uh, and it just being happy, just for once. Yeah, like I, you know, with that, like the album cover and just the record itself, I just think of like a robot dance party, which is just a, such a fun image. Yeah, like there's nothing, there's nothing sinister about that. I've been also watching a lot, a lot of Futurama lately, so that might be the other part of it. <laughs> yeah, Futurama yeah. is a great example of like cyber, just grounded cyber shit. Yeah, but it's like goofy as all hell. Yeah, it's so goofy, which is just really nice. Take a lighthearted approach. Yeah. What has it been like promoting the the new LP and connecting with your fans during a time where you're unable to play shows? Not it's easy. weird. We've been making like a lot of like Instagram stuff, and you know that's probably the best we can do. We're definitely not very good at connecting with people outside of with shows, or at least like comparing how much we connect with people to shows how much we connect on social media it's like it's not that good is it but that's uh Mm. that's hopefully over right now yep gotta gonna knock on wood right now because crossing fingers i find is always always backfires knocking on wood usually works better (laughs) more tactile (laughs) we had a uh we had someone do like uh, American radio station thing where they sent CDs to American radio stations and KCRW in Los Angeles liked our music. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's cool to think about like people in LA driving around listening to Shway too. Yeah. Well, even it just... was like song of the day one day. Nice. Yeah. Hey, there's something. Or even just yeah. even just the novelty of like I didn't even know that radio stations were still like getting mailed CDs that someone was actually yeah. listening yeah. to. <laughs> that's yeah. what I felt like when we were that's doing. What they it. Like, like apparently they like like physical like plastic case CDs. Yeah. 
I that is they something really... that like I know like uh, you know they make laptops without disk drives anymore, but I really hope they don't get rid of CD players in cars unless they've already done that, <laughs> which I think is yeah, a shame. Yeah, yeah, they did that. Oh, they already did <laughs> that. Those yeah. bastards! How dare, how dare they? They're still <laughs> making CDs. I don't get it. It's like oh, okay, yeah. great. I have this thing that I can't even play on anything. <laughs> it's so it's it's not. I mean, it's not like they're saving space by taking out a CD player. Like not really. Putting yeah. I don't know. I think that's dumb. They should at least have them still in cars. Like when I, whenever I'm yeah. driving around with an Evo, like I'm not, I can't be bothered to set up my Bluetooth on my phone or whatever. Exactly. I'll put on the radio. Like why not? <laughs> that's a good point. But I think technology will improve that. Like you'll just put your phone on the dashboard and it'll have an NFC tag and it'll automatically pair over Bluetooth. That'd be cool. And then you'll just be like, Siri, take me to this place and play this song. And then it'll be like, wrong, boom. Though. That could go wrong. Go wrong. That's, that's what Black Mirror wrong. episodes are for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I trust our technological overlords. I, like, I'm kind of surprised. I have that faith they... in Apple's design choices. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. But like, also, you don't you have faith in like 10 years later when they release the new NFT reader and then your car just doesn't read your phone anymore? Or it's like, oh, it only reads like, Apple phones. Yeah. Or... You have to get a new car like, entirely? NFC. No. Oh, my iCar is out of date. Damn it. Can't update my <laughs> iCar. Apple's working on a car. Did you know that? I. No. Why am I not surprised? I, would, I say that as a joke, and of course it's it's real. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they better call it the iCar, though. I'm going to be disappointed if they don't. Or the I auto like or something. I car. I drive. Well, it used to be E, so they're. they're I bet it'll not, be Apple you know, Car. Apple Car, yeah, probably Apple Car. Because they've started doing that now, like Apple Music, Apple Maps. Right. Oh yeah, Apple they don't tar. call them I things anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But they used to call things E things. Remember? Like things. E car. Yeah. You go to the new another vowel. O car. O car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> C car, it's just car. <laughs> car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes, uh, for sure. What's uh you know, obviously we're in uh the world's in a weird spot right now, as it's been for the past year and a half, but what's next for the group? Uh we got another album. We got a Christmas song. Nice. Yeah, two Christmas songs. <laughs> That'll be fun. Maybe uh, three. And then we're breaking up, and then we're having solo art, um, mm-hmm. and then we're coming back together for a reunion, yeah. and that's going to be when we release the fourth album. Yeah. Be amazing. And then we might do, like, a world tour, and then we'll probably, like, try to get to space. Like, the big idea is that if we can get to space and and perform Shui on Ice, mm. then at that point, we're pretty much, you know, complete, and we could call it a day. Shui. On space ice. Like, are we talking, like, a hockey rink on a space station, or are we talking, like, trying to get to a no, planet that has ice? No, these two separate things. So there's Shui on Ice, okay. and there's Shui in space. Okay. Shui on Ice is kind of like this, like, like a Disney production where we've gotcha. got, like, mascots, and, like, we've got, like... A whole team of like lip syncing figure skaters mm. who go in like formation, and we're like on like a, a stage that's on the rink that like is pulled around the stage, and we're playing live music. And also, we are main characters in the performance. <laughs> and then Shui in space is just you know, come yeah, on, that's that's space, the ultimate right? goal. You know. It's funny you say that, though, because honestly, I can't think of a single band that's even tried on ice, even though, like, for some bands that actually could be doable. So you're the first band to do it, like, going to show everyone else up. Yeah, <laughs> because I've seen elaborate stage production. Like, I've seen Roger Waters do the wall live, but he didn't do it on ice. So come on, Roger. Yeah. We're just no, sliding fine. around. We don't have skates. <laughs> it's just a regular show. <laughs> the stage is a sheet of ice. There's and the mascots make no sense. Board. Like, there's no coordination at all. It's just whatever you could rent <laughs> no. from a local costume store. Yeah, there's like Buzz Lightyear and Barney. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry. Oh, did we get the deposit back? No. <laughs> I I fully support both of those though, especially if you can coordinate Shway in space with like SpaceX or something like that. Yeah, for sure. We're going with Bezos. Bezos? I was suggesting yeah, Musk. Gonna... <laughs> hey, we'll take any billionaire at this point. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Whoever will get front the money, I suppose. <laughs> what uh, local bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the podcast for a future episode? Uh, oh, boy. Um, uh, the Ministry of Human Resources. Uh, they're a large band, so, mm-hmm. you know, it might be hard to get a hold of them. But Maxi Chuck is a great gem in Vancouver. Uh, I mean, obviously, Prado is, like, just my favorite in Vancouver right now. Is Prado still living in Vancouver? I thought she relocated to L.A., but I might be wrong about that. I don't know. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I thought she was still in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I know. she is. She's amazing. I've seen her a couple times. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. She's awesome. She's, like, my fave. Uh, then there's, like, I can think of, like, some artists that don't make music. Like Long Z Blessing has just come out with this great project, ISO. Um, and we've been working with Aiden Chin a lot, and he's a great cinematographer. Nice. I'm trying to think of other acts. Jacob would know. Jacob has more knowledge than me, I think. I don't have that much knowledge. I have a list, though. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that works. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> just need some names. You know. Um, Cy Wiley, Cy Braywood, Cy Jordan. Yeah. Rudy. Oh, Rudy. Ben Robertson. Ben Robertson's the bomb. Rudy's the bomb. Um, R-U-D-Y. Just like the cutest rock. <laughs> Reminds you of the Beatles. Michaela Slinger. Oh, Michaela Slinger. yeah. Oh, dude. Holy shit. Her, uh, the pop, the album she put out this year is like one of the yeah. best pop albums I've heard like this whole year. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It's so it's really well good. done. I was just like, damn. Yeah, she'd be great. I'd love to have her on the show because I was just blown away by that. You should interview my cat Kira. She'd be a great interviewer. Mm-hmm. There's a, someone who just played. I just literally just saw a clip on like James House Show's post, and it was really good. Um, what was that? Is it Zach by chance? Zach, Zach Dad, or uh, uh, Macaulay Zach. Culkin cover band? I think was the yes, yeah, yes. Well, uh, there's the, yeah, the show that so my band good. played. What the hell? <laughs> Macaulay Culkin cover band. I never heard of that. That clip was insane. Yeah, she's really talented. She has a really good voice. I'm really excited to hear some recordings. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think that that would definitely be the next step for them, for sure. That was some powerful singing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Big personality Chris? too, which Wait, is awesome. Zach. Cool. Don't know the person. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with her either. Excited to see what they do. Uh huh. Yeah, well, that's a that's an awesome list. Um, a lot of people to work from. So thank you for all those <laughs> suggestions for sure. Uh, and uh, how can listeners keep up with what you're up to and check out your music? Got to sh- follow our Instagram. We don't do much other social media than Instagram. Shway Love, S-C-H-W-E-Y Love, L-U-V. Don't go to our website because we stopped paying for it and it expired. <laughs> Go to Instagram. Um, it's free. My brother is on like Zaya Sounds. Zaya Sounds. And that like he's, you know, trying to put out his own music and like that kind of goes away. So. Oh, check out our Spotify account. I've been like making playlists and stuff, and yeah. all the music we like is oh, on cool. there. A lot of the music, well, any music that Isaiah and Jared and Chris show me is on there. Nice. <laughs> but I'm sure they're listening to Fire and not telling me about it. 
<laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, and I I think we'll call it at that, guys. I was actually I was able to get through all my my questions here. Uh, thank you so much for you know taking the time to to speak with me. Uh, it's really awesome just being able to uh, connect. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks again. Thanks again, guys. Have a good night. Night. Too. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube at Pacific Sound Media. Our website is PacificSoundRadio.com, and you can also check us out wherever you stream your podcasts. If you like the show, there are a few different ways you can support it. You can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. You can share this podcast on your social media, and you can recommend the show in person to your friends, family, and coworkers. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.